breathing, something that we do nonstop since <laughs> forever. To start from, yeah, yeah, from the first thing you do. Yeah, from, you know? from day one. If you're not breathing, you're not living. Right, exactly. <laughs> Quote that. Wow. That, that was... That's deep. <laughs> that, that took things to another level, Sal. <laughs> Welcome to Fulfillment Hero, where we share, define, and discuss the principles that model filling life. My name's Dustin. I'm here with two great men today. I'm Sal, and this is Take Two. Take Two, yes. <laughs> we got the man, the myth, the legend over here. And other than Sal, we got another legend. And I am John Escobel. I'm yeah. the reason we had to do a second take. Yes. <laughs> well, not necessarily, but <laughs> yeah, I'll blame that one on you, partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. All right. John, well, you're, uh, you're studying physical therapy, yeah? Right. You're in that realm. And so one of the reasons you're here is that you've got a great wealth of knowledge and you've got a an unbelievable passion for helping others and spreading that that information spreading that passion and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun here today we've already done a few exercises and uh, we've had a lot of conversations about health <laughs> sal and i have learned a lot from you so we're excited to to put this uh put this on the internet man oh, i'm happy to be here man i just want to say thanks for the opportunity like i, li- I listen to you guys and you know i know you guys it's fun you guys are challenging dudes to hang out with in that you make me want to be a, mo- a better dude, you know? So it's fun. I like what you guys are doing, and I'm just happy to be here. So. Heck yeah, yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. And right before this show, John had us go through breathing. So since we're talking about breathing, John's a man about breathing. So why don't you talk us through it? What, why is it important that we understand breathing and doing it the right way? Well, okay. So I'll start that with a question. Like, okay. What is the most basic movement pattern that we go through from the time that you're born until the time that you die? This movement pattern never leaves you. It'd be breathing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we all have this nasty oxygen addiction. You know, you can't go more than a couple minutes without it. I oh. tried quitting once. <laughs> it's tough. Man. It's I tough. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you come right back, right? Um, and so the, the big thing is that most people are very unintentional with the way they breathe. They're very unaware with the way about their breathing. Um, therefore, you can't really, there's a lot of powerful things that come from breathing that we can use. Uh, it's a very powerful tool. And if you don't use that, uh, it ends up manifesting itself in a lot of dysfunction in your life. It's kind of unfortunate that, you know, when people say take a breath, it's almost, it's become a cliche thing, as we mentioned earlier, right? When it's serious and it's an actual problem. I mean, it's, it's a real life problem that people aren't breathing correctly and that they could be doing a lot by using the techniques that you may discuss about now. Right. And, well, and so we talk about a lot today. There's a big discussion in society, you know, regarding uh, mental illness. Uh, it's, no, it's no longer become, it's like not taboo anymore to talk about depression and anxiety, uh, all that stuff, which is really good. And I, I think that's a positive move in the right direction for sure. Um, but I think we're not asking, like, why are all these issues becoming so prevalent in society? Um, why are we seeing these record, record levels of anxiety um, and depression? And, you know, you guys could probably say people aren't being fulfilled, right? They're not living these fulfilling lives. Um, I'm coming at it from the angle, like, I definitely agree with that, but I'm coming from it the angle of it's a nervous system problem, okay? So we talked about there being two divisions of the nervous system. There's the sympathetic division, which is your fight or flight uh, division. You know, um, and if you're in a situation where you're running away from a lion, that's your fight. That's your sympathetic nervous system. 
The other side of that coin is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is involved in your rest and digest functions, more of like the housekeeping and recovery functions. Uh, you, you've gotten away from the lion, and now your body can chill out and say, okay, now I can deal with my sprained ankle or whatever, whatever happened over, over the course of that sympathetic spree that you had. Um, so I'm not saying that the sympathetic nervous system is bad. Like we need that to get away from the mountain lion, you know. Um, but the problem is, is when people live in that realm. Uh, so we live in these constantly stressed out states and there's not many mountain lions running around anymore. You know, <laughs> you know, that survival situation doesn't come up as often as it has in human history. You know, we live in a very safe, relatively safe time, you know, um, so walking around in that fight or flight state is not advantageous. In in that case, you're you're wasting energy, and you're you're being in this hyper focused state when you don't need to. That's you stressing out on you know hyper focusing on these on little things. Um, and so the idea is that you need to be able to shift from that uh, heightened state of awareness when you need it back down into that recovery state, being able to go back into your regular life and say, okay, now I'm, I'm not in danger. I'm not in a stressful situation. I can use my senses more. I don't have to be so uh, tunnel vision. Um, so that's where I like to start with, uh, you know, looking at the things that are going on today is a lot of people don't know how to breathe and it's manifesting itself in anxious behaviors. I notice it in myself, you know, when you're when I'm getting really anxious, I notice that I'm breathing 10, 10 times a second or something like that, you know? Um, I feel like it's a major blessing for those listening to hear this and to become aware that this is going on. Because I feel like that's really the, the clicking point where you have this awareness that there's these problems and your body's not functioning the way that it should be or you're not managing that. But you do have the power and the opportunity to manage that. Uh, in a way that's going to make you more, much more efficient. Right. Um, yeah, I like the way you said that, that the, the awareness piece, because like, that's, that's as, all it takes, really, is just bringing your awareness to your breath. That's as simple as, you know, we were talking a, a second ago about when you can't control anything else in your life, you know, when, when life is going completely the wrong way, the way you don't want it to go, whatever. When you can't control a single thing, you can control your breath. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one of the few things in life that you actually have control over. You know, they say you can't, uh, you can't control what other people do, you can only control the way you react. That's so true. And you can, your rear breath is part of that reaction, you know? Bringing mindfulness to that can be very powerful and just, uh, and empowering, empowering as well. I feel like when you, if you hit a down spot, if you're down, I feel like that's a great way to generate small wins is by going to the one thing that you for sure can control. Like that absolutely, absolutely is one thing you can control. Right. And uh, there are other things that are within your control, but obviously 99% of the things on the world are outside of your control. But breathing is the one thing that 100% always you're going to be able to, to manage. Absolutely. So that's pretty neat. So I know on uh, a previous podcast, we talked about the power of thoughts, right? And how a thought alone could set off fight or flight. And, totally. but I think we could tie breathing into that, right? We're, okay, I'm having these thoughts and it's setting off fight or flight. What do I do in this situation? Box breathing or some type of breathing that helps. What what does breathing do? When Like say I'm on the stressful state and you tell me, hey, 
Sal, try some box breathing. What is that? What's the science behind it or that? What's actually going on? Yeah. Well, so, I, mean, I know it helps relieve stress, but can you explain it? Right, right. So box breathing is um, a breathing protocol or a strategy that you use where you're utilizing, uh, so they call it a box because all the, the four sides are the same. So, for example, breathing in for a four-second count on the inhale, holding your breath for a four-second count after that inhale, exhaling for a four-second count, and then holding your breath for a four-second count on that exhale. Um, and so you could do it four seconds, five seconds, but the idea is that you're doing the same uh, intervals for the inhale, inhale, hold, exhale, and exhale, hold. Um, but in terms of the physiology of what's going on there, um, so when you're, when you're breathing, when you're, in, we'll use a workout for an example, you know, so um, I'm in a Metcon and I'm working out, uh, I'm five minutes in, you know, and I'm really starting to feel it. I'm starting to huff and puff a little bit and I, my body's saying, you need some air. I, I need, I feel like I need to breathe. I feel like I can't get quite enough air in. Uh, so at that moment, what's going on is your, in your body is that in your lungs, we have a high volume, high percentage of CO2 relative, sorry, high percentage of oxygen relative to CO2. That's kind of our reservoir for oxygen. Whereas in the tissues uh, that are working, say we're doing the assault bike, you know, my quads are really burning now. Uh, in those tissues in my quads, that environment is becoming very acidic, very low in oxygen kind of, and uh, higher in CO2 because the products of those working muscles are those working muscles are producing CO2. They're producing uh, lactic acid. They're producing hydrogen ions, all as waste products. And so we have to get those waste products out and bring nutrients in, the nutrients being oxygen, water, um, all those things that are carried in the blood, carried, we say groceries in, garbage out. You gotta, you gotta feed those working tissues, okay? And so, um, that moment where we're five minutes in on the assault bike, my legs are really starting to burn. That environment has changed. It has become a lot more acidic, and it's demand. Those tissues are demanding oxygen in order to keep working. Okay, so that's that stressful situation. That stress is starting to build up in the body, right? So in that moment, if I, I'm, my my blood is getting really acidic. If I don't take a breath, then that if I don't continue to breathe, that acidity is going to continue to build up. So at the moment that I exhale, I'm blowing off what? CO2, right? So CO2, we talk about being kind of paired with the acidity in your blood. Um, so less CO2, less acidic. More CO2, more acidic. CO2 is the garbage? CO2 is the garbage, yeah. We, it's a waste product of cellular respiration, and we, don't, we want to get rid of that, in fact. Um, and so... When you, by you taking that exhale, you are physically blowing off carbon dioxide and changing your blood chemistry, allowing that kind of to reset uh, and then again, get all that CO2 out so that you can refill those lungs and bring nutrients again back into the body. Um, by bringing that oxygen in, so we blew off a bunch of acid, by bringing that oxygen in, we're doing the opposite effect and kind of alkalizing the blood, making it go the opposite direction of acid and bringing it back towards kind of homeostasis, that neutral position that we want it to be in. Um, so when you're doing the box breathing, you are physically blowing off acid and breathing in nutrients, you know. So 
um, that's the biggest thing you, you need to tell people is that you're like that CO2, people don't think of that as a waste product. In fact, you're actually, when you're burning fat, that, that gets blown off as CO2. If you work wow. out the chemistry, uh, there's a guy on YouTube, Dr. Andy Galpin has a really good YouTube video. He has like uh, five minute physiology videos, 25 minute and 55 minute. This is for the nerds that want to go and get into it. But he, he breaks it down really well. Um, but, yeah, when you're burning fat, you're actually – that carbon that you're blowing off comes from your fat cells. Like that – so um, when you follow the chemistry, like if you want to lose weight, you need to be breathing more. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're blowing off that, wow. that carbon atom. Um, so, so what's happening up top in the brain? Like as far as breathing, what's – what? because I know I've been in stressful situations. I do box breathing. Right. And all of a sudden, like, my brain feels – I feel clear. Well, right. So that's, a, that's an effect of that parasympathetic-sympathetic shift okay. that we had. So um, so you go from fight or flight and you're coming back to – To that rest and digest state. Okay. Yeah. So when you're in that – when you're fight or flight, you are focused. You know what I mean? Like imagine, yeah. like, imagine like a boxing round or something, you know? You kind of come out and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Like – I got you, everything was slow motion. Like I, like you can, you can't really describe everything that happened, but in your head you can picture like you like I was really present in that moment. Like, and so that's a that's a good thing, um, but we don't want to live there again because you can't you miss so much whenever you're tunnel visioned in on something. Um, so yeah, right when you're when you're in that acidic state, your your uh, your brain is really focused up. You're in that very high arousal state is what we would call it. Um, you can't take a nap right there. You know what I mean? Like your 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 body is mobilizing every nutrient it has. It's saying we are, this is it. You know, this is a survival situation. Whereas as you start taking those breaths, as you start shifting that blood chemistry, um, alkalizing that blood a little bit, uh, that starts shifting you towards the other end of that spectrum. And you start calming down a little bit. You become a little bit more aware of your surroundings, not so point focused. Um, as you would be in that high arousal state. Um, so you can become a lot more in tune to your senses. Stuff starts smelling more. You can see a lot better. Uh, those kinds of things. Um, and just, again, just like regular recovery stuff. When you're in that high arousal state, your brain is not thinking about recovery. Yeah. It's, again, thinking about prioritizing survival at that moment. Um, so as you start to shift towards that parasympathetic state, you can really reflect a lot more about what's going on and then, you know, analyze situations, see, am I really hurt here? Or, you know, um, all these other things. We can just really take a step back and become a little bit more aware when all that's going on. So they say being in a more parasympathetic state is really good for learning. Um, when you're in, if you're in class and you're super anxious or whatever, you know, it's hard to take notes. You're like, you can't focus because um, you're honing in on whatever's causing that anxiety or that stress. Um, when you're in these more calm down parasympathetic states, you're a lot more receptive. You're a lot more able to learn. You're a lot more able to make connections with people, yeah. you know? You know when you're in an anxious social situation, you don't want to talk to people. Like you're, you're like, you're, you become a lot more short and stuff like that, you know? But when you're in a comfortable situation, you're familiar with people, you, you know, you're, you're willing to open up. Um, and I think your arousal state is gonna play a lot in and how far you're able to go in either direction there. How cool that breathing controls that, like where you line up in the dichotomy of, of those two states. It's, it honestly makes <laughs> just living regularly more exciting 
because right. you realize that there's a lot more going on in your body in just the little things that you do. And, you know, that comes to many other decisions that you make, right? We always talk about these little tweaks and turns can make huge impacts. But that breathing, something that we do nonstop since <laughs> forever. To start from, yeah, yeah, from the first thing you do, yeah, from, you know? From day one. If you're not breathing, you're not living. Right, exactly. <laughs> Quote that. Wow. That, that was... That's deep. Yeah, that, that took things to another level, Sal. So. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but you t- so you, t- you talked about the dichotomy there, and I just wanted to go real quick. You don't want it. This isn't so black and white. You know, anything with humans can never be black and white, right? Um, so it's more like I, I like to think of it more of a, as a spectrum, or rather than a light switch, it's like one of the light dimmers, you know, because um, it's never one system is always on or always off. You know, maybe when you're completely passed out, that might be all parasympathetic. But uh, even at that, like there's always there's a degree of both always going on, you know. Um, but it's about which system is dominating. You know, when you're awake, you should be generally more sympathetic. But if you're dialed up on nine all the time, you have a problem, you know. Um, so it's about being able to turn it on when you need to get back to to the middle when you when you're not in that situation you can really get the most out of every single moment by being able to play that spectrum right if you You know how to if you know how to adjust the dial then you're really going to get the most of your body in everything that you do like you're going to soak in info you can be able to fight when you need to fight you know rest as well also efficiently and i know for me like one of the things that i struggle with personally is like you know i want to be present i want to be more present in daily life situations, you know? All three of us. Right, absolutely. I know you guys can relate to that. Um, what is more present in this moment than your breath? You know what I mean? If you're focusing on that, like, you have to be in this moment if you're focusing. You can't be thinking about your last breath. You can't be thinking about your next breath. Like, you have to be thinking about what is going on in your body at this moment as you're taking this stuff in. Like, so I mean, it sounds hippy-dippy or whatever, you know, but, like, I think there's a lot of power in that and just bringing that mindfulness to yourself and okay, you know, deep breath. No, I, dude, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we have you on right now because <laughs> this is great information and this, it takes away from the cliche aspect of it, which is a bummer that people see, you know, hey, take a breath as a cliche because it's a real thing if you dive into it. But we see that in a lot of other areas of developing yourself where um, things sound cliche and you kind of laugh it off or, you know, you might hear like the same advice from people but when you dig into it, you hear that same advice because it's actually really, really solid. But there's more, there's much more to it. It's not more in depth. Yeah, it's not so simple. But okay? there's a reason that yeah, kind but of there advice is sticks a around. reason. So passing over these cliche things isn't a good idea. You should be willing to dive into it a little bit. And it's awesome to have you here right now, getting that in-depth perspective on a cliche thing like breathing you know yeah i i and i talk about this with people every day you know what i mean um i have, <laughs> I have friends that roll their eyes at me every time they hear the word breathing you know what i mean oh he's talking about breathing exactly, again exactly but um but i think it's important you know and I, it's something that it's something simple that a lot of people that most people don't think about you know i know i wasn't thinking about it until i got kind of educated in these areas um and what I've been liking a lot about it lately is that it's got performance implications too. You know what I mean? Like it's not just for uh, self-care and everything. Like it's got, there's a performance side of it too. And so that's what I'll use with other people. Um, you know, some of the athletes that I work with, uh, I don't really go about it so much a self-care 
perspective yeah. with them. Sometimes if they're beat up, you know, uh, then they're ready for it. But a lot of people, you go at it like, hey, I have a way to make you faster. Then they're then okay. I'm interested. What do you what do you got? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can start getting into some of these breathing things with them. You know. Well, when, when, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's for everything. So we Olympic lift, right? Not holding the breath right can make you miss a lift. Totally. Um, boxing, I was getting drained out because I wasn't breathing. Mm-hmm. I was holding my breath and all this lack to build up in the shoulders. Swimming, we got to breathe. We got to yep. climb. Remember swimming? Yes. <laughs> John's a really good swimmer as well. But... And anything, even people that get stressed out and they smoke cigarettes, I'm saying, like, the only thing you're doing is taking a breath. You're, yeah. You're inhaling and you're exhaling. And it's like, as like, try meditation instead of a cigarette. It might, right. it might be better, but breathing. We talked, we, about, we talked about that high that oxygen gives you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the rapid breathing we did? Yeah. The, and we go for a minute and make sure you're sitting down. You don't want to lock your legs when you're doing this. Right, right. But. That, that high we get off of it. But yeah, so that rapid breathing you're talking about, that like we've only really talked so far about parasympathetic style breathing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is you can use the breath as a tool, right? To go either way. You can, it can, it's a direct correlation, it has a direct correlation with your heart rate, with blood pressure, with that sympathetic nervous system. So if you're respirating at a faster rate, that's the Wim Hof breathing and stuff, you know? They do all that stuff to get themselves hyped up into that sympathetic state, and then you go do the cold exposure, or you, you, you could probably do a crazy lift at that point, you know? Because your nervous system is turned up on 10. That's when you're designed to do those high output things, running from the bear, or whatever it is, you know? Um, so yeah, there, that's the performance side, is that you can use that to hype yourself up too, and then when you need to get back down, recover in between sets, get as parasympathetic as you can, uh, and get ready to do it again. Or during a Metcon, where you're having to do something for a long period of time, controlling that breathing and staying away from that super sympathetic state is kind of going to be better, because you're gonna, if you're going to go for an hour, you don't want to go all out in that sympathetic state. You're going to gas yourself out. Very unique individual there, huh? Wim Hof. Oh, yeah. Breathing. Absolutely. And they thought he was just, you know, unique. It was just him that could do that, but he taught, he trained was 10 able other to people. able to teach other people, yeah. To do like injecting same. with toxins and stuff, dude, that's crazy. And he was able to, like, control his nervous or his immune system. And so, like, that's breathing, you know what I mean? Like, to say that breathing, like, it's got a, it's got a lot of far-reaching effects, yeah. I would say. Yeah, people are always looking for that magic pill that we joke about, right? And, and pretty <laughs> much anything. It, there it is. <laughs> it's air. It's Take all around breath. you. There, yeah. There it is. It's free. <laughs> it's free. It's exactly. free. <laughs> wow. Um, besides that, on, one more thing on breathing, something that we've talked about lately and something that you've been practicing is when you're training, breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. Yes. Can you dive just a little bit into that real yeah. quick? Yeah. So this is something I've been playing around with myself uh, based off of the work from a guy named Brian McKenzie. Um, his company is Power Speed Endurance, um, him and Rob Wilson. And they, these, they have something called the Art of Breath. And it's actually a course you can do um, online. And they give you like breathing protocols and uh, a lot of really good endurance training stuff. Um, but so I got the idea of, of that nasal only breathing from him and listening to, listening to they, them talk about uh, their training. And so uh, what I've heard from them, the idea is, and I have to dive into the research a little bit more myself on this, um, but it seems, it seems legit to me. Um, but the idea is 
So we have, like we have two, those two different systems of our nervous system. We have a couple different energy systems too. So we're gonna talk about the aerobic system and the anaerobic system. Most people are f- familiar with aerobic training. That's jogging, you know, and you go do cardio. That's your cardio work, um, cardiovascular work. And we call it aerobic, meaning that there's oxygen present and that we're using that oxygen as part of our fuel system, okay? So that aerobic metabolism, it needs oxygen at the end of that, uh, of that cycle in order to be a final electron acceptor. And so we make water out of that. But the, the idea behind all that is that if you, like oxygen is necessary for energy. That's the whole reason you have this oxygen addiction is because oxygen is used to make energy, okay? So when we're breathing through our nose, we're predominantly operating on that aerobic energy system, okay? Uh, meaning that that's something that we're going to be able to sustain for a long period of time. You know, when you, people do 50-mile runs and stuff like that, you know, cardio, uh, cardiovascular exercises can be sustained for extremely long periods of time, whereas, like, weightlifting or something can't be done at that, at that rate. Um, so breathing through your mouth is going to be working on kind of the opposite end of that spectrum. So instead of being aerobic, we're going to be predominantly anaerobic in when we're mouth breathing. Anaerobic metabolism means that we are not using oxygen as our electron acceptor. Um, so we do this in cases when oxygen isn't available or uh, you need that quick energy so fast that you're not able to get the oxygen at that point. Um, so like a, a, an Olympic lift is actually an example of this because it's so high effort, so high explosiveness that the oxygen being present really wouldn't make a difference. Um, and so that actually uses the creatine system, but uh, I want to talk more a little bit about more like the glycolytic system. So that's what uses your sugars in your body. Um, so that's, that's the main pathway for anaerobic metabolism, and that's kind of what leads to that lactate buildup. So when you can't cycle through uh, glycolysis fast enough and those products start backing up, then lactate starts being produced as a byproduct. And it's not such a bad thing. It actually acts as a buffer. Um, It kind of gets a bad name. But it is a waste product, and that does mean that there's more work going on in that that system, you know. Um, But so that's the idea is that when you're using that uh, anaerobic system, you have more waste products and you're not being as efficient, okay? And so doing that over the long run is what le- leads you to being kind of depleted in terms of energy and uh, not necessarily getting the most out of your training in terms of the aerobic conditioning. So the moment you switch from, you know, say I go out for a run and I'm uh, doing that nasal only breathing, okay? I'm really training my aerobic system. About 10 minutes in, I'm starting to really huff and puff. I feel like I can't quite get enough air in or enough air out. Um, And I start breathing through my mouth. As soon as I do that, I've switched over my metabolism. I'm no longer training my aerobic system. So I'm out here thinking that I'm doing a bunch of cardio work, but really I'm training my anaerobic system which does have a ceiling to an extent, you know, we train probably enough of that in what we do in CrossFit. Um, So you're not getting the training effects that you think you're, you're getting 
when you're living, when you're mouth breathing like this and running exclusively. I mean, and again, this isn't a light, a light switch thing. Yeah. Both of these processes are going on at the same time. Um, it's just the degree to which one is dominating. Um, but we want to be, that aerobic system is a great indicator for health. Like, um, you need to be able to, to use that system a lot more than you need to be able to use the fight or flight one, you know, uh, or that anaerobic metabolism. And so that's the other thing, is that anaerobic system is associated with sympathetic, that sympathetic nervous system. So again, mouth breathing, going to get me more sympathetic, going to help me to use those, uh, the sugars and stuff. For, and then that all bodes well for that fight or flight system. But again, we don't want to live there. We, we need to be able to shift back into that parasympathetic state, into that aerobic metabolism when it's time. Um, when you're doing sustained efforts or whatever, you know, if you're going to try and run uh, a marathon, you can't do it mouth breathing. You're not going to, I mean, at some point you will be, but you, you cannot go out uh, and expect to perform the same breathing through your mouth as you would through your nose because you're using different energy systems. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, sprint intervals on the assault bike or on the, on the treadmill uh, well, I'll go 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off, or 20 seconds on, 10 seconds on for eight rounds, Tabata style, you know, um, but working on only nasal breathing. And what I've found, dude, is I'm able to really sustain my effort a lot better when I'm breathing through my nose. Like, it still hurts, yeah. and, like, I'm, I'm doing work, but uh, the second that I switch over to mouth breathing, I am gassed, like, I've, I was doing, I think it was on the fourth round of the intervals, and then I switched to mouth breathing, and I wanted to quit on that round. Just like up until then, I felt like it was hard, but I wasn't dying yet, you know? As soon as I switched to mouth breathing, I might have got a little bit more output for that round or whatever, you know? But I was toasted. Like I, I felt like I could not get back on that for the next round. Um, and then the other thing that I've been doing with along with the intervals like that, so... There is going to be a point where you have to breathe, you know, especially in a CrossFit workout or whatever. There is a point where I can't sustain this on nasal breathing. You know, I, I need to breathe and I, blah, you heard me the other day. I let out a big old scream. Like I was, it scared me. What the heck? But like, but right. I felt like I, at that moment, I felt like I just needed to blow off air. Like I had so much CO2 built up in my body that I was like, I was getting hot. It was freaking me out. So I just felt like I had to scream and get some air out, you know? Um, yeah, you scared the whole gym. I did. Which, did. unfortunately, was just me, but you scared <laughs> the hell out of me, man. Sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, um, so in, in doing that stuff, like, these are performance. I'm changing the adaptations that I'm making, you know? Um, the other thing that I got from Rob Wilson and Brian McKenzie is, so even if you go into that state, you know, so they call this the functional gap, you know? Um, I can maintain nose breathing for 10 minutes in my workout, say, but in that 10, in the 11 to 15 minute range, I have to mouth breathe. Okay. So my functional capacity was up to that 10 minute mark. That's where I, you know, I can live in that range past that I need to start compensating. So I bring in these compens, uh, these comp compensatory movement patterns, uh, breathing with the traps, breathing with the chest, you know, breathing with the shoulders and the neck, all that kind of stuff. Um, to fit in order to finish my workout. That's okay. Get back into your nasal breathing, your normal breathing pattern as quickly as you can. How? 
So that's when you implement your box breathing there. Or even kind of like the parasympathetic breathing that we were doing uh, beforehand, where you want to be doing a longer exhale than the inhale. So I would say almost two to one exhale to inhale. So if you're breathing in for four seconds, you want to breathe out for eight seconds. Um, That kind of a a breathing count where you're focusing more on the exhale uh, is going to be parasympathetic dominant. You're going to be toning that nervous system down, getting back to that rest, digest, kind of calming yourself down state. And that's something that we do not do enough of at our gym, definitely. Um, But I haven't seen any gym that does that has a good cool down protocol, honestly. Um, so we do these things where we train in that functional gap, you know, um, we do these crazy 20 minute workouts where we're, we're jacked up and we're breathing all crazy and we did it. And then we're, we're high-fiving each other afterward. And then we leave and we never get down from, we never come back down from that sympathetic mountain that we were on. And we just, we go home we live up there and we're like, dang, why can't I go to sleep? there it is you're solving my problem right so like if you were to do something it takes two to three minutes afterward you know if you were to go two to three minutes after your workout do something you can be moving still but bring focus to that breath absolutely yeah the balloon breathing the oh i have to show you another one that i want it's called crocodile breathing um you guys can look that up if you want to know what it is that's a that's a really good drill too um yeah, but the idea is toning that, shifting that gear back down. You know, you don't need to be living up in that, in first gear. You know what I mean? We don't have to rev our engine so high. Um, we got to be able to get out of that state when it's time. Like going up, going in there is one thing, okay? Uh, and training in there, that's another thing. But living in there, that's what we cannot afford to do. If you want to play the game, there's a part that the breathing aspect that you should do before a breathing aspect you should be paying attention to during the workout and a breathing aspect you should be paying attention to after. Absolutely. That is playing the game efficiently. And whether you're paying attention to it or not, it's happening. Yeah. So you are breathing whether you pay attention to it so or not. might as well do it right. I, yeah, I would say do it right. Um, they say you take about 20,000 breaths per day on average. So if you're taking 20,000 dysfunctional breaths <laughs> per day... Think about think about that with any other movement pattern. Oh man! If you were doing twenty thousand knee cave in squats, you know someone would tell someone would tell you something. Like, <laughs> so we we need to view this more as a movement pattern and train it that way too. You know what I mean? Um, it it matters the way you move. It we're laying down patterns in our brain that that matter. Like you need to draw on those things. And train those things. What a great, easy, free way to start feeling better. Like, I mean, if you're totally out of it, and I mean, let's say you're totally out of shape, overweight, or maybe you're just you're lost in your own head, or whatever it may be. How cool that you can go to breathing to use that as a an excellent stepping stone and starting place to getting back on track. I like I like the way you said that because uh, in my experience working with people. Uh, that have chronic pain, uh, you know what I mean? These are people that feel like they've been brushed aside by the medical community and, uh, you know, no one, no one really listens to their pain or whatever. And I've had really powerful effects with using these breathing strategies 
uh, with some of those people. You know, they don't, they're in so much pain that you almost, you can't get at them with exercise. You know, that's the last thing they want to do. Movement hurts. So they're afraid of that. Um, so that, with those types of people, I've had profound effects. And them, it's empowering to them to bring that awareness. Oh, I do have control over this thing. Oh, I can make myself feel better. I do have, I don't have to feel in pain, crappy or whatever it is all the time. I do have tools that I can do to kind of lift myself up. I don't have to rely on someone else. Um, that's why I like these things. These like the breathing. You don't need someone else to tell you to breathe. You know, it it's helps, free. but <laughs> it's free. But it's free. Yeah, but it's free. So, what about like when you're going through, you're just going through your day and you're on autopilot? I mean, are those breaths? Do you constantly have to be aware of your breathing? I mean, or is I mean, if say you're not in a stressful situation, you're just is your brain set up to breathe right or do you have to re i mean retrain it to breathe right and then it automatically picks up those breathing patterns that's a good question um so i would say your brain definitely remembers the type of things you do you know um we are habitual creatures uh they say you are what you repeatedly do you know what i mean Um, those habits you you build your habits and your habits build you Mm. um uh, so I would say, like, if you're if you're breathing up here all the time, that's going to be your default, you know. Uh, so cross, I use CrossFitters in, as an example. No offense to any CrossFitters, um, <clears throat> but that's just that's no. just who I hang out with the most. Um, but me too. Right, like, but you you guys train hard and you breathe hard when you're training hard, you know. But the and your brain remembers that, and so you don't need to be breathing. Like, like you do during a workout when you're at work, you know? Um, so it, I think in those cases, it is important to bring mindfulness to your breath to think, okay, you know, how am I breathing right now? Am I, am I breathing at an appropriate rate for the job that I'm doing right now? You know, I'm sitting at my desk taking notes or whatever. Should my heart rate be at 100? <laughs> should I be, you know, should I be breathing? <laughs> uh no, probably not, right? If you're in the gym and working out, and if I'm running a mile, you know, and I'm breathing hard, that's one thing, okay? And I can say, I can notice that, uh, take note of that, recognize that, and be like, okay, this is appropriate, or I need to, I need to get this under control. Uh, you know, so you're, if you're in that situation at work where you, and you notice you're breathe, hyperventilating, you say, okay, I need to step back from what I'm doing real quick. Take a, try that box breathing. Four seconds in, four second hold, four second out, four second hold. Just bringing mindfulness to that really. In those first couple breaths, you might freak out a little bit. But then in, in getting back to that parasympathetic state, like you're going to be you're going to be in a lot more relaxed place and then able to, you know, handle whatever situations are causing you to be stressed out. From my perspective, and I'm going to assume Sal's is fairly similar, when you start practicing these breathing routines, even if it's just in like a simple guided meditation, throughout the day, you do start to just become more aware or you, you, you pay attention to that more often. And then obviously the more that you're practicing that, I would believe that habitually you're going to pick that up as well, even when you're not like 100% into it at the time. Absolutely. But I mean, it becomes way more interesting. I mean, especially after having this conversation. I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pay attention to every breath. <laughs> that, 20,000 like, of them, man. <laughs> I mean, any habit becomes automatic, you know, but even more so 
the motor patterns, you know, physical thing like walking, you know, that that's pretty automatic. Um, and when you find an efficient way to do these things, I, I mean, I can't say for sure. I feel like the brain remembers those types of things, you know. It, to me, it makes sense that the brain would remember the movement patterns that expend the least amount of energy and get the job accomplished, you know. Um, so I would assume that the brain takes a note of that motor pattern. They talk about muscle memory, you know. That's, that's kind of like what I would say, the same thing I would call a motor pattern. Um, your brain fires, that, muscle, that travels down your nervous system and gets to a certain group of muscles which causes an action to happen. Um, so motor pattern, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I think the more that you consciously train yourself in these breathing patterns, uh, it's going to carry over, and, you know, and those kind of things will stick, I think. Being more efficient like this allows you to have more impact, right, and allows you to have more fulfillment in your life because you have more, you're, you're freeing up that kind of like that, those garbage spots, I guess, that aren't properly being used to apply in other areas of your life that you can use more fulfillment in or you may not be fulfilling properly. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's like giving, giving from yourself to other people, you know, being able, you, if you're in this, you know, super crappy feeling state, like I don't want to go work out. I don't want to go do any, I'm, my nervous system is running low at that point, you know, so I can utilize some intentional breaths here and kind of pick myself up a little bit, yeah. you know, use that to get out of that, that down state, that tired state, whatever I was in. Now I'm in a more aroused state now. Okay. Now I can go work with that client, whatever it is. Um, and that's what they taught us at Tony Robbins is how to get into state. State, right. Yeah, and they talk a lot about that. We do rapid breathing through the nose. Boom, boom. I know if I want to get in state, I'm like, hey, let's do my rapid breathing. Absolutely. Let's get myself in state. I got something to show up for, interview. I want to show up in my best state, breathing. <laughs> breathing. <laughs> that, dude, that's, that's, nah, that's money. That's, that's it yeah. right there. That is the idea of this is being in the proper state for the proper situation. You know, so if I if it's something that I need to be alert and awake for, yeah, use some of those upregulating breathings. If it's something that I you know I I did that I I made the deal you know did the workout whatever it is now I can relax, you know, and we need to be able to do that. It's like a deer. Remember we did the story about the deer where he, a wolf chasing it, it outruns a wolf, it goes back to grazing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a a book came out probably in the 90s or so but it's big time in like the physical therapy in in psychology community called why zebras don't get ulcers and it's for that that thing that you just said right there like a, a human they're gonna they're gonna dwell on that situation you know you you outran it oh my gosh i lived thank god like i can't believe how amazing i am like you know we're gonna dwell on that thing forever and you know or stress about that whatever it is a zebra is gonna get rid of that real quick it's oh i got away good chill out now i gotta chill you know and that's that's the thing is we use these big old brains of ours to hone in on the wrong things yep. and we let that drive us crazy uh and that's why we get ulcers and zebras don't yep <laughs> that's so true boom john has <laughs> brought a lot of fire today so like i almost cannot believe it and it's going to be very exciting for people to listen, bro. I, I hope you get a chance to share this a lot, a lot, a lot, because I'm impressed. Let's put it that way. I am very impressed. I know we've had many conversations, Thanks, man. but it is very, very impressive. And it's exciting to see the passion that you have 
and that you're you're right in the thick of things, right? I, I think you're in uh, a blessed position to absolutely to be doing something that seems so fulfilling. I agree, man. <clears throat> it, it doesn't feel like like I could do this as a job. You know what I mean? Like it feels too good to be true. <laughs> That's awesome, brother. Well, Todd, you got any any other remarks on this one on on breathing? No, I. But this is a very valuable episode that we put out here. The importance of breathing. Man, <laughs> I, and you know what? Talking about breathing and CrossFit and the before and the during and the after, I'm really going to apply it. So I could, the next time that we jump on here, I can share with you guys what it's doing in my life. Awesome. Also, John got me on a breathing, uh, little breathing technique here that I'm going to start implementing every morning. So... And I'm going to hold myself accountable this time because I started it last time, fell off. But I loved how I feel when I was on it. So Good. Good to hear, dude. And, yeah, so I'm going to really implement that in my life and see. That I'm going to share the benefits with you guys. Yeah, well, you know what? We're here at some point, we're going to have to get uh, a video of John doing these kinds of exercises and share them. You know, we've been talking oh, about absolutely. YouTube. Yeah, yeah we've been idea. talking about a YouTube channel. Um, but getting that some kind of information out and letting you do your thing there on video as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you've been showing us some interesting stuff. I'd uh, love some, to, man. Some, uh, thanks again so much for having me, guys. Yeah. This, has been, this has been a blast. No problem, bro. Um, well, I think this wraps up this particular episode. I know people are going to love it. Uh, so. so let's share the takeaways real quick that we... Sure, a quick recap. Yeah, recap. <clears throat> on breathing. What's the, what's the important things here, John, that people listening right now should... You know, take this away and take notes. implement it into your life. Number one thing that you can do is just bring attention to your breath. You know what I mean? Okay. Be intentional about what you're doing. That's kind of been my thing uh, lately, you know, is live intentionally. You know, don't let anything be on autopilot, but be intentional with what you're doing. You know, so breathe intentionally um, and just start by, I would say, I would suggest nasally, but, you know, do, do whatever's going to be comfortable for you to start. But gently inhaling as slow as you can, filling up your lungs as much as you can, and exhaling as slow and as gently as you can. Again, trying to get all that air out. You got to get the air out before you can get the air in. Uh, but just long, slow breathing, I think, is where most people are going to be uh, wanting to start. And then check out the stuff from Power Speed Endurance. Uh, Andy Galpin, and they all have really great work. There's a lot of great research going on right now. We live in such a good time because yeah. you can't use the excuse, like, I don't know. Mm. Like, there is information everywhere out there. I learned everything, not to say that I'm only qualified on YouTube, but <laughs> I learned pretty much everything I know off of YouTube, dude. Like, I think that's a legit thing. It oh, really that, is. It is uh, a YouTube's <laughs> certificate. I mean, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a YouTube certified. <laughs> Sign me up. Anywho, well, awesome, man. Glad that we had you on. And this wraps up part one of a mini series that we're doing with John because we realize that he has so much fire uh, that we're going to have to, to roll out so some much. more. Yeah, you don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Son, I thought we talked a lot. That's why we started the podcast. <laughs> but John, maybe getting, you should run the show. I was getting educated the whole time, so I stayed quiet. Man. <laughs> Yeah, we were the students for this one, as usual, and that's what makes these things fun, right, Sal? Yeah, being absolutely. Able to, to always be students, and you obviously show that being a student can help you a lot, even in those things that absolutely. we take for granted, like breathing. Breathing. Yep. So, Something yep. so small that 
I mean, how many people ask this question when they hear this and be like, wow, I never thought of my breathing <laughs> and it could change your life. So that's, I love this episode and we're going to leave you with this one. If you're not breathing, you're not living. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. All right. That's well, this it. has been the fulfillment hero show where we share, define and discuss the principles that model feeling life. We're signing off. Peace. <laughs>